You're listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Download past shows and become a podcast subscriber of Dr. Lisa Belial on iTunes. See the Dr. Lisa website or Facebook page for details. Here are some highlights from this week's program. It's hard to get motivated to exercise, but make yourself turn pink three times a week for 20 minutes. That regrows all these blood vessels in your body and also it gives you more endorphins and it decreases inflammation by 600% by just doing it 20 minutes three days a week. You know, I felt like uh, promoting these products and seeing how well they do work, um, at the end of the day, you feel good about helping people. The most rewarding thing is actually just working with your everyday common athlete. All of a sudden, that kid's going from riding the bench to now they're making varsity, you know, and just the feeling and the reward you get from seeing them accomplish that, that's what makes me happy. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine. Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical, Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Ted Carter Inspired Landscapes, and Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, and you are listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast. Show number 92, Sports Medicine, airing for the first time on Sunday, June 16, 2013. Today's guests include orthopedic surgeon Dr. John Herzog, Mike Chapman, and Jim Greeterich of Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical, and Jared Buzzle and Stan Schofield of Orthopedic Associates Performance Center in Saco. Before we talk about our guests, I'd like to remind you of a couple events coming up that I will be going to and I hope you'll consider going to as well. The first is Taste of the Nation, Maine, which will be taking place on June 13, 2013 at Wolf's Neck Farm in Freeport. The eighth annual Taste of the Nation, Maine at Wolf's Neck Farm will include food from more than 30 of Maine's most well-respected chefs. Spend the evening eating, drinking, bidding on fantastic items at the live and silent auction. 2012 Taste of the Nation, Maine was a sold-out event featuring two dozen of the state's top chefs on Great Diamond Island in Casco Bay. With the support of local chefs and restaurants, sponsors, donors, and attendees, Share Our Strength Maine raised a record amount of money and granted more than $150,000 to local beneficiaries whose mission it is to end hunger in Maine. The second event is the Maine Home and Design Show, which will take place on June 29th and 30th, 2013 in Rockport. The Maine Home and Design Show will bring the pages of Maine Home and Design Magazine to life. The show features more than 150 exhibitors, the AIA Pavilion, and a pop-up gallery of works from Art Collector Maine. Join us from June 29th to June 30th for an experience like no other and feel as though you're walking into a living version of the magazine. For more information on the 2013 Taste of the Nation and the Maine Home Design Show, visit themainemag.com. Today's show is airing on Father's Day and happens to be about sports medicine. My father was one of my earliest sports heroes. Dad is a humble man and rarely speaks of his athletic prowess. However, those who knew him when have shared stories of his baseball skills while at St. Louis High School in Biddeford and his football team captaincy while at the University of Maine. 
Dad's skill in the playing field and love of physical pursuits has been passed down to his children and grandchildren. We have become marathoners and yoga instructors, little league all-stars and nationally ranked swimming competitors. For most of us, it is less about the win than it is about the game. We like being part of the action. It is important for each of us to find a way to be part of the action. Some people naturally gravitate towards group sports while others prefer more solo pursuits. There is no one cookie-cutter approach to physical activity that can be easily applied to all people. This week on the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour, we acknowledge this reality through our conversations with Dr. John Herzog, Mike Chapman, Jim Graderix, Stan Schofield, and Jared Buzzell. Each of our guests has a slightly different take on how individuals can best achieve optimal physical health. They are all similar, however, in their view that optimal physical health is entirely possible no matter what our genetic makeup or family background. My father was one of my earliest sports heroes, not because he was good at what he did, but because he loved what he did. He still does. He loves to work and he loves to play. Above all, he loves to share his life with his family. Happy Father's Day to Charlie Belial, the best dad a girl could hope for. Thank you for being my hero in every way. And thank you for listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour this week. We hope you enjoy our conversations with Dr. John Herzog, Jared Buzzle and Stan Schofield, Mike Chapman, and Jim Graderix. When you think about orthopedic surgery and vegan and vegetarian eating, there's really only one doctor in the area whose name comes up, and that is our very own Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists right here in the Portland area. He's coming in to talk to us today about sports medicine and vegetarian and vegan eating. Thanks for coming in. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to be here. You've been an orthopedic surgeon for almost 30 years. Hard to believe, but yes. Yes. So you've seen a lot of sports injuries, and you've seen a lot of people who aren't injured but just want to maintain good health. Yes, I've seen the whole gamut from the horrific crash to the little child with an ankle sprain. So what part does vegan eating, or even just vegetarian eating, minimizing meat, what part does that have in maintaining an active, healthy lifestyle and even excelling in sports? Well, I think it all comes down to uh, when you consider food as the fuel that fuels our bodies, we would like to put in the best, highest octane fuel you can get. And I believe truly that the plant-based diet gives us that. It's a higher quality of food because it's easier for us to absorb it. And when we have a good, clean running system, we don't produce a lot of residue. Just like a car with good gasoline, there's not a lot of soot building up in the tailpipe and there's not a lot of cavitating. So that would be akin to having good circulation. If you have good circulation, that helps your muscles grow bigger, get stronger, have more endurance, and when they get hurt, you repair them much faster. That's the whole basis of the whole eating thing, in my opinion. Does it also help people to stay leaner? Definitely helps you to stay leaner. Uh, Eating a complex carbohydrate, which is in the plant world very commonly, Um, When you eat that food, your intestines have to kind of break that down, and it takes energy to break down the food that you're eating, and that in turn burns calories, which you in fact can lose a little weight while you're eating. Doesn't make sense, but that's how it works. 
Let's talk about protein. This is something that comes up a lot whenever we discuss vegetarianism, veganism. We've had people on the show. We bring this question. We bring this um, question up a lot because this is the. This seems to be the primary concern. If I'm going to be a vegetarian or a vegan, I won't get enough protein and I won't get enough iron. Is that true? I don't do, believe that to be true at all. I think that there is more of a bent on people being concerned about protein than there is an actual protein shortage in the food world. You should not eat a high-protein diet. It slows down your athletic performance. It creates more of an acidity in your body, not an alkaline environment, which is good for metabolism, by eating high protein. So I stick with the 10-10-80 rule. 10% 10% protein of your calories, 10% fat, and 80% carbohydrates, which are mostly complex carbohydrates. Protein shortage is not an issue. So as you're doing this 10-10-80 rule, how are you getting protein into your diet if you're just doing this from plants? Well, as it would happen, plants are designed that way. They're about 10% protein and 10% fat, and the rest are complex carbohydrates. So it's very easy. You don't have to concoct all kinds of potions and pills and oils and, you know, incense and crystals or whatever to have a good diet. You can basically eat 10 different plants, and you get all you need, except maybe a little vitamin B12, which is always the big question. I'm sure that's coming. Well, let's talk about vitamin B12. You've set up the question nicely, so go ahead. (laughs) Vitamin B12 is really high in in, uh, meats that have a lot of blood because blood has a lot of vitamin B12 in it. Um, You do need to supplement a little bit of vitamin B12, which you can do in a pill, but most of the vegetarian foods that are fortified, let's say like cereal, yogurt, soy milks, They're full of vitamin B12, so you really don't need to get it by eating a piece of cow liver. You yourself are vegetarian. You've been vegan. Are you still vegan? I'm vegan, but, you know, I will admit, and I can't, you know, march the party line 100%. Something about squid I really like, and that would be considered non-vegan to eat that. So I say I'm mostly vegan. So we'll call you a squid-eating <laughs> vegan. Squiditarian. A squiditarian. All right. I know there's actually, there's, it's funny because I know people who are also bacon vegetarians. They eat all vegetables and they eat bacon. So oh. it's, it's a thing that people crave. And I think that this is a very normal part of being human is you crave things. And sometimes you crave them because maybe you need the nutrients that are actually in them. It, it could be, but that crunchy sweetness of that fresh squid, I'll tell you. Okay, so it's also a texture thing. It's a sensory thing. So how do you yourself, because you also, you are a cyclist and you're very active in your own life, describe to me what your diet looks like. My diet is a, a very simple diet. I eat the same breakfast every morning. I have a bowl of granola with fresh fruit and either rice milk, soy milk, or almond milk because I can put it in a bowl and get out the door in about five minutes. It's very efficient for me. I don't do any cooking in the morning. Uh, Lunchtime varies. Uh, I eat a lot of hummus. I love hummus. I love pasta. I love fresh breads, and I love pestos, and I like nuts. 
and have all kinds of little creative recipes where I can put those things together. I tend to bake in large batches or cook in large batches and I'll have some kind of a bean casserole or rice already in the refrigerator and I'll just kind of plop it all on a plate and put it in the oven. So lots of beans and rice and pasta, tomato sauce, breads, probably, a, you know, I get my 80% carb diet, that's for sure. So it sounds like one of the things that you do is to cook things in large batches, which is sort of an old-fashioned notion. We're, we're very much into take something out of the freezer, put it in the microwave, small portions. But you, this is something that you are able to use as a tool to keep yourself eating healthy. Yes, and it keeps it simple. I, I love to cook. It's a passion of mine. Uh, but why not cook enough that you could have you know another five meals and use your freezer and uh, growing up in a family where we, there was 10 of us in the family, so we always cooked in large batches anyway. And economically, when you go to the store, a 10-pound bag of potatoes is, you know, sometimes 3 or $4. And why not cook them all up and put some curry spice and onions and mushrooms and whatever you like, put it out in little portions and eat on that one energy-filled pot for the next you know, five weeks, you know, stuff freezes really well. What are some of your favorite vegetarian or vegan foods besides hummus? I like to make my own vegetarian pizzas, and I already mentioned pesto. I've got a passion for pesto because I grow a bunch of basil in the summer, and I freeze it, and it's good all year. So I have pesto a lot. I also like to cheat and go out to the local uh, restaurants in town, like the Green Elephant, and eat their tiki marsala. I like Thai food. I always ask them, you know, keep the egg out of the Thai, but pad Thai. Uh, although that would have a little bit of fish sauce in it. It wouldn't be a pure vegan food, but it's pretty close. Basically, any type of stir-fry. Mexican bean burritos with rice and salsas and jalapeno, whatever. There's I'm not a lack of not having something to eat. And how did you learn how to cook for yourself? Well, it was kind of a family thing. My dad was a foodie, and he traveled a lot to Europe, and he knew all about you know the latest, what was going on in the fields. Uh, he'd go to pick the grapes to help. You know, he, he was into winery and enology and whatever the Europeans were making in their cassoulets or how they made their bread or their bagels or what region had this and that food, he'd bring that home to us. And as children, we had a huge, more or less industrial kitchen with an eight burner stove and four ovens. So we were always cooking as part of like keeping the family together and had huge gardens and it was always considered like a sacrament food. It was a blessing to have and fun to prepare. For people who don't have that sort of background, and it isn't um, part of the family culture, or they don't garden, who come to see you as patients, and you're trying to encourage them, maybe you should eat more vegetarian foods. What types of resources do you offer them, or where do you send them to learn how to do this? Well, there's you know the couple of those popular magazines, the Vegetarian Times or Veg News. I have a favorite cookbook called the Veganomicon by Chandra Isadora, I'm gonna mess her last name up, but it's a beautiful book and it's written with humor and it tells you how to start a kitchen, you know, what kind of strainer to buy, what kind of garlic press works the best, 
what kind of spices you put in your pantry, how you saute, how you braise, how you fry, how to not be a heavy vegan, because vegans can get very heavy. Those little cookies and cupcakes we know how to make can get quite uh, fattening. But it goes through the whole process with a little tongue-in-cheek, more or less trying to fool people that, hey, they didn't realize this was really good for them, and they didn't pick up any animal products when they ate it. And what about people who are specifically interested in um, being athletes? Are there things that you tell them to do as far as eating ahead of time, eating after, um, how to structure their diet over the long term? Well, before you have a a long endurance run, you want to have a lot of fuel built up in your liver called glycogen. You want a carbohydrate load, generally 6 to 12 hours before you compete. And if you're an ultra athlete, you have to, you know, consume products while you're on the run if you're doing one of those 100-mile races. But the average person can just load up on a nice high uh, uh, fiber, uh, high carbohydrate, you know, the 10% protein and with some oils in their diet. And there's no real specific magic formula that I have. I, I know there's all the powders out there at Whole Foods, and I've met Brendan Brazier. He has his own line of special stuff, and I've bought it and tried it. I just didn't like the taste of it. I'm a, a soy and potato guy. <laughs> and Brendan Brazier is the author of Thrive, I think. Thrive, right. Yeah, so he is himself an endurance athlete who has embraced veganism. Yes, he has, and he has his own protein powders and he believes in the smoothies and which is nothing wrong with that I just haven't I don't have one of those machines so I haven't gotten into it yet but perhaps I will one day we'll return to our program in a moment on the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and podcast we've long understood the important link between health and wealth here to speak more on the subject is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial why do pro athletes go bankrupt I was reading an article with this title But to me, it missed the mark. Pro athletes lose big when they let drama and excitement constantly overtake balance and enjoyment. Is it the same for us amateurs? Most athletes have an inkling about what motivates them. They spend time trying to understand the ebb and flow of energy and learn to control that energy to achieve their desired outcomes. The same thing is true of managing our money. If we understand what scares us, what excites us, and what bores us, we can keep the pace and the plan from blowing up. Making it to race day involves avoiding injury, getting up when we're feeling down, eating well, getting enough rest, putting in the miles, and for most of us, finding others to share the journey. We might not like a particular workout, but we know how to psych ourselves up to get it done anyways. It's like that with money. Avoiding losses, not getting too excited when the markets are up or down, having a strategy that occasionally allows our money to rest, investing enough and doing it for a purpose are all ways that money can be coached to better prepare you for race day. So congratulations if you finished this year's trek. Send us an email to tom at shepherdfinancialmain.com and let us help you prepare for the big race. Happy Father's Day. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. 
flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled. You need attention, advice, and individualized care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. You've got an interest in a lot of different areas, and that's what's that's what's fascinating as a physician. You could have decided early on, I'm just going to deal with this specific segment of medicine. I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to do this. But you've decided to branch out, and not only have you branched out into vegan foods and vegan and vegetarian eating and feeding people in other parts of the world, but you're also doing a lot of work with um, stem cells, and you're doing different things in your practice, and you're actually, it's been so successful, you've expanded, you're expanding your practice. You're talking about you're expanding your practice into a, into New Hampshire. Correct, yeah. I've uh, been on board with trying to keep things efficient in orthopedics, and more or less in this region, pioneered the uh, use of an ultrasound machine instead of using MRIs and x-rays and you can have that machine in your office and show patients their rotator cuff, their Achilles tendonitis, where the break is, you can look at it and that really helps lighten people up say wow that's what it looks like and also having that technology where you can see in real time that means while we're both looking at it I can numb something up and put a very small needle in it and we can inject it with a standard cortisone if need be, or we can spin down, that would be taking some of your own blood out, putting it in a centrifuge, and concentrating the stem cells and the platelets, and injecting it into an area that gets very poor blood supply and cause it to grow. Uh, new tissue, like new muscle and tendons, like for plantar fasciitis, etc., type problem. It's like tilling the garden a little bit with a teeny needle, putting in some seeds, and then a little fertilizer. And as opposed to doing what I would normally have done with a knife, a chisel, and a mallet, if I can do it with a little needle in my office, it makes great sense. It's maybe 5% the cost of surgery, and it works very well. So gaming that up a notch, I'm in negotiations right now to open a stem cell clinic in New Hampshire, which... Um, is going to be a bit more potent than the PRP I just spoke of. The, you centrifuge the blood. We actually use bone marrow and some belly fat with stem cells in it to inject. Here again, a real long answer. And this is used for tendonitis and... Actual, you know, tearing and rotator cuffs. Rotator cuffs. Tendonitis, muscle ruptures. Um, of course, the, you know, problems in the joint where people's joints are wearing out with stem cells in the appropriate environment injected into your joints, you can prevent arthritis of the knee. If you have the fear of having a total joint, hip, knee, ankle, uh, I do because I have quite a amount of arthritis in my body, um, you can prevent it by feeding your cartilage just like you feed your skin and your muscles 
with uh, PRP and stem cell injections. So it prevents arthritis. That's going to be the new rage. Well, you've always been on the forefront. <laughs> you were a vegan before anybody else was a vegan, and you were one of the first doctors to really be doing that in this area. And you've been networking with doctors nationally and internationally who have been espousing the idea of veganism and plant-based eating. So I have every um, faith in that, that, that what you're saying is so, that stem cells and PRP, is that's, that's the forefront of medicine. Right. Non-invasive and... Uh, um, and it's actually fun to do for me. So it keeps me technically in the game doing interesting things. And um, I'm a blessed man. That's good to know that. That's, that's that you really enjoy doing what you're doing because it's important that people go to see a doctor who really wants to help them heal because he's enjoying his own life. Right, and coming out of that, just to expound, you know, sitting around the doctor's lounge in between surgeries, it's hard these days to see anybody with a smile on their face. There are always, you know, you know, 25% of everybody's, you know, happy and just no matter what. You can't make them sad. You can't make them stay awake for three days, and they still would be smiling. Uh, a lot of us get burned out, and I see that in our profession quite a bit, and it takes a toll on the doctor personally and, you know, patient care, too, to a minor degree. Well, since we know that you're a very fulfilled doctor and you offer, offer all of these um, therapies for things physical, things emotional, how can people find out about you, Dr. John Herzog, and your practice? Well, the best way to, would be to go to my website, which is OrthoCareMe. That's, you know, like M-E, like for the state of Maine, OrthoCareMe. I think that's www.orthocareme.com. Or they could look in the phone book under Dr. John P. Herzog and pick the guy in Maine. There's another one in New York and one in Michigan with the same name. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming in and talking to us today. As we're finishing up, I, I think it's interesting for people who are listening that you not only are you an orthopedic surgeon you are an eagle boy scout you've performed over 10,000 surgeries seen over 150,000 patient visits treated over 5,000 fractures you're a professor at the university of new england school of osteopathic medicine you've performed more than 3,000 musculoskeletal ultrasounds and you're the first orthopedic surgeon to use ultrasound guided prp treatment on the east coast in addition to being a proponent of vegan eating and part of the Little Dad's Bakery and sending food across the ocean. So thank you so much for doing all that you do and for having done all that you've done. Well, thank you very much, and I sure hope I get a copy of this to my mother. She'll be so proud. <laughs> well, we've been talking with Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists right here in the Portland area. We appreciate your coming in. Oh, thank you. It's always fun. <laughs> And the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast hope that our listeners enjoy their own work lives to the same extent we do and fully embrace every day. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine to help me with my own business and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. While it is true that the first Father's Day was celebrated on July 19, 1910 because the governor of Washington state declared it a holiday, it wasn't actually until 1972, 
58 years after Mother's Day was made official by President Woodrow Wilson, did President Nixon sign a decree giving the day official holiday status. It took a long time for people to recognize that fathers, like mothers, should have a day of their own to celebrate. But of course, we all know that when it comes to parenting, fathers and mothers deserve credit for child rearing, and not just one day a year. Each day we are juggling schedules, making plans, and doing what we have to do to make certain our children are happy, healthy, and prepared for the future. It's really the same thing with our personal finances. We can't just take one day a year to sort everything out and think our job is done. We must stay on top of budgets and plan expenses and savings on a daily basis in order to be prepared for the future. But like the stressed parent who has so many balls up in the air with their kids, Sometimes, a little help can make a huge difference to take the pressure off. That's when Booth can help. If you find that you want to spend a little less time managing your personal finances and a little more time enjoying life, we're here. And to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. Boothmain.com This segment of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With Remax Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com. Using recycled sails collected from sailors and sailing communities around the world, Seabags designs and manufactures bags, totes and accessories in Maine on Portland's working waterfront. From the best-selling classic Navy Anchor Tote to fresh new designs, Seabags offers retired sails another life by turning them into handmade, one-of-a-kind nautical-inspired pieces. Please visit the Seabags store in Portland or Freeport or go to www.seabags.com to browse their unique collection. As a doctor in the community, I've known about Black Bear Medical for many years, and when I heard that they were starting to do something new and innovative, I got very excited because I know that people who are interested in the health of the people of Maine are, um, well, they're an innovative group. So today we have with us in the studio Mike Chapman, who is the Director of Marketing and Sales, and Jim Greaterex, who is the President um, of Premier Sports Health, which is a division of Black Bear Medical. Thanks so much for coming in here today. and having a conversation with me about this exciting new work that you're doing at your store. We're very excited to be here, Dr. Lisa. Yeah, thank you for having us. And you're wearing these great shirts, you know, the Black Bear Medical. I was in your store, and this whole idea of the Black Bear, I mean, it's, it's very Maine. You've been in the business 25 years here in Maine, so talk to me about that. Well, uh, uh, Black Bear Medical uh, started out as a little tiny store on Forest Ave, and uh, through the years, we've uh, grown to now our third location, which is down on Marginal Way. We have a 13,000 square feet, uh, a 5,500 square foot showroom, which is uh, full of uh, lots of innovative health-related products. We have uh, certainly our, we're known for being uh, uh, there for the seniors to stay at home and be safe and, and uh, in the and then we now have our new division, which is our premier sports health. I think we might have made up that word. We're pretty excited about that. <laughs> um, and uh, 
in that division, we, uh, we have uh, products for people who are active, athletes, they are people who want to uh, get back into the game. Maybe they have some pain-related issues that are keeping them from doing it. And when the, we have some holistic pain products, which uh, we're also very excited about that, that work and they help people get back in the game. So where, what you've had to offer before, and you still offer, this is still a big part of what you do, um, is, is were ways to um, help people stay in their homes longer, help older people, maybe sicker people, people who had needs like wheelchairs and you know durable medical equipment, they would call it. Now you're getting towards people who um, they're out and about. You want to keep them out and about, out of their homes, doing active things. And it's a slightly younger group in general, I would think. It is. The demographic, uh, you know, I think prior to bringing in some of these new products was 55 plus. Um, and now we're looking to focus on the 25 to 55 market as well. Um, staying active, uh, products that will help people stay pain-free um, and support their well-being. Uh, one of the new product lines that we're very excited about is, uh, uh, is sports compression products. And uh, you may have seen in the Olympics many of the athletes wearing sleeves. Um, and uh, what compression can do, and, and a compression product is basically a, a sleeve that is tight and uh, you wear it. Uh, generally, it, it's used on your lower extremities. Uh, and what it does is it helps your body uh, get the fluids to go through it at a 40% more efficient rate. So you're, if you're in an athletic event that has some endurance involved, you, you may see your endurance increase due to your, the, the compression helping your body with the, with the blood flow and the, and the fluids going through, from getting all the way back up to your heart from your legs. And this is something that, as a physician, I've used for many years is this, um, this RICE um, algorithm, which was always rest, ice, compression, elevation for an injured um, body part. And so you're talking about this compression element. So um, that's to help healing, but also to help people's performances. It helps performance. Uh, you act, there are actually products that help uh, people before they uh, are in an athletic event, during, and recovery afterwards. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of, uh, uh, especially socks uh, that will that you can wear afterwards that will you know make your recovery period be probably twice as quick as it might be without. Um, and quite frankly, in uh, Europe. Um, you know, uh, compression uh, stockings are used from birth. I mean, they put uh, their children into the long colored black socks. That's why you see the Europeans walking around. We make fun of them with their uh, long black socks and their shorts and their sneakers. And quite frankly, they, if, if you really take a look, they got healthier legs than we do. So they may know something we don't. Huh? You brought with you some of these products. I think you've talked about some of them. Um, you have some strength tape also. In addition, it looks like, is that a triathlete suit? What are some of the things that you're carrying that you'd like to tell the people who are listening about? Because I think they might find it useful given the number of really fit and well individuals who like to listen to our show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of the things that we've started to carry is, which most folks have, may have heard of going to PT, is uh, kinesiology tape. Uh, and this actually is uh, through a company called um, Life Strength, and it's called Strength Tape. And we have um, started carrying this. It's good for any type of um, you know injuries on the knee, uh, shoulder, um, 
you know, things where you may pull the muscle. And what it does is it helps keep your muscles in place and help rem have the memory uh, to, to heal in that place rather than to be out um, and strained um, <clears throat> and irritated. So this is a, a cheap way, inexpensive way, I should say, to, um, to help support uh, strains and pulls and, and things that need um, could need uh, physical therapy, but um, you know this is a way to manage it at home uh, and keep you doing the things that you want to do. Um, or if people have been to physical therapy and they've had it taped before and they know generally where it needs to go, then um, it's something that they could continue doing on their own. And that's another thing that we saw in the Olympics. I yeah. remember seeing the volleyball players yeah. with all the stuff all right. over their shoulders yeah. and wondering what that was, and it was the kinesiology tape. Right, yeah. And so what else do you have? Uh, so we did bring in some of our compression apparel. So we think of compression oftentimes, and we've mentioned stockings, but uh, we also have uh, full suits for folks that are doing uh, endurance and marathons or triathlons. Um, we have cycling shorts. Yeah, there's also ski socks, which, uh, um, you know, having good uh, uh, blood flow, flow through your feet when you ski, a lot of people are cold with their feet, and it actually is... Uh, um, I, I've used them. I just started using them this year, and it's a big difference in how how comfortable your feet are, and it helps keep them warmer with the with the compression socks for your ski boots. Oh, that's good to hear because my feet always get cold when I'm skiing, and I sometimes it keeps me from skiing. So maybe that's the the idea is not to stop doing what I'm doing, but but to change it and to add in something that might be helpful. Well, we had a uh, one of our first purchases. Um, they wrote a testimonial. The the gentleman oftentimes or pretty much always will have cold feet, and they don't warm up until the afternoon, and um, never can get a good fit in his boot. And um, he he purchased a pair of the uh, skiing compression socks and. Uh, made sure to write us a testimonial the next Monday and told us that he did not have the same uh, reaction. You know, he feet were warm, he felt comfortable in his boot, felt refreshed at the end of the day. So it's nice to hear testimonials that, you know, folks are actually using the products and getting the results that they're intended to. Um, so we also have um, cycling shorts, um, which are obviously, you know, there's a lot of that going on out there. Folks that are cycling, staying active, again, um, we want to be able to be the place where they come to, you know, get the expertise they need and the products that they're looking for. Um, we are competitively priced, so. And, and generally speaking, uh, with uh, with cycle shorts or with any of these product garments, you can get them at a local sporting goods, but they're not compression. Um, and graduated compression means that it that it's uh, it's like tighter at the bottom, and it gradually gets less compression as it goes up your body. So. Um, a lot of the you know brand name products that are out there now are just one compression and they're okay but this is actually taking it a step further to the next step up and the next quality so. and this is something that in medicine we use all the time after surgery we will use compression socks on a patient because we don't want them to get a blood clot and now they're actually taking this information and they're moving it from um, helping sick or post-surgical patients get well to let's um, help well people be even more well or um, you know improve their performance as you've talked about. Yeah. I, I actually wear the, I mean most people think about compression socks, they think about their grandmother with the big seam going up the back and you know and that oh my goodness I never want to wear that, have to wear that. Well you know from a general health standpoint um, it's great for your for your legs I you know I'm still active uh, I'm in my early 50s and uh, I, I still run I still 
play sports and um, I'll tell you, a day that I'm going to run, I'll always wear my uh, compression socks beforehand. And it's, it's, it's a big difference in how great my legs feel uh, uh, during the run. So it's, you know, they're, they help your performance and, and they're uh, comfortable. And, and now they're even stylish, right. which is very important. You've got to make the colors match, you know. I think that is really important because I know when I was pregnant quite a while ago, uh, they would have me wear these stockings to prevent just swollen feet because I was being a doctor and on my feet a lot. They were not stylish. They were not stylish stockings at all. And it really kind of cut down on my clothing choices. So I think for people who are um, wanting to are young and active and want to stay healthy, um, to have these sort of options available now is really great. What else do you have there? Uh, so we also, we, we, we have carried um, bracing products all along. Um, so thinking ankle, knee bracing, uh, back brace. But what we've decided to do is, um, you know, up the quality level of the bracing that we carry. Um, so when folks are looking for that, um, that brace that they want because their ACL is torn and they don't want to get surgery or they can't afford to get surgery, we have braces uh, available for uh, that type of injury that can support the knee, uh, continue the activity. We have a, a gentleman that purchased a uh, knee brace because his he does not have an ACL and he continues to ski. So he needs a high-end knee brace. Um, but we also even have um, the you know the knee braces are for folks that stay active they don't have osteoarthritis they don't have uh, you know the ACL injury but it's for prevention of that um, so if you're playing basketball you're playing football or baseball uh, you know high impact potential sports where you could you know face an injury uh, this is helping to protect uh, the ACL and, and other ligaments uh, within the knee um, so we've gone from just more of a, a good brace to a good, better, best uh, lineup, and uh, we feel pretty happy about the quality of, of uh, products that we have in the bracing department. Uh, ankles is also a, a, a key joint that is frequently injured, and the, the level of, uh, uh, of product available is somewhat limited in the, in the low end, and so we, we've really got some nice new technology for ankle bracing that, um, that we're excited about also. How can people find out about what you're doing at Premier Sports Health and Black Bear Medical? Well, we currently um, have everything on our blackbearmedical.com website. Um, we do have uh, a website in process uh, specifically for Premier Sports Health, and it will be premiersportshealth.com, uh, where we will have all of our sports medicine products on there as well as uh, a shopping cart. So folks that come in, get measured for what they need, and they want to buy recurring orders, um, they would be able to do that right through um, our shopping cart. Um, and we also are, are doing, uh, getting out there and promoting it through all different forms of media, making sure folks know that we're not serving uh, just the elderly demographic now. We're opening up to a, a, new, a new younger demographic, and our brand is not just for, you know, stay-at-home products. Uh, it's about getting out and being active. So, you know, you'll see us... Um, You'll see us on the radio. Hear us on the radio. You'll see us on TV. You'll see us on the website. I'm sure print media. You'll see us out there. But um, you're welcome to come in anytime. Uh, we'd love to show folks around the store. And um, it's uh, very common when folks come in the store, they they either don't know about us because they haven't needed our products, or they only think of us as um, you know the elderly 
uh, stay-at-home type products. So it's, it's fun to, to bring people in the store and, and show them the new products. And your store is right off of Marginal Way. Yeah, we're located right next to World Gym on uh, 275 Marginal Way. Um, we also have a store in Bangor as well that's uh, cu uh, carrying these products. Uh, and then eventually we're hoping to bring it down to our New Hampshire store and open up a retail location down there. Well, we've been speaking with Mike Chapman, who is the Director of Marketing and Sales, and Jim Graderex, who is the President of Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical. Thanks for coming in on our Father's Day um, show and talking to us about the ways that we can um, use some of your products to stay healthy and be out there in the world. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. The goal of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour is to help make connections between the health of the individual and the health of the community. The goal of Ted Carter Inspired Landscapes is to deepen our appreciation for the natural world. Here to speak with us today is Ted Carter. There was a time that I spent about a four-year period of my life I spent in the desert, in the Sonoran Desert, and I would fly out there three or four times a year and spend about a week with my shaman. I had a shaman at that time, and he taught me how to see nature. He taught me everything that I wasn't seeing. I, I'm going to read to you something out of The Spell of the Sensuous by David Abram, and I think it's very profound and speaks to us what a shaman really is and what a shaman actually does. The shaman acts as an intermediary between the human community and the larger ecological field, ensuring that there is an appropriate flow of nourishment, not just from the landscape to the human inhabitants, but from the human community back to the local earth. The relationship between human society and the larger society of beings is balanced and reciprocal. This is essentially what a shaman does, sort of a midwife, I guess you might say, between land and community. And it's important to know that we all have a little shaman in all of us and be aware of that wisdom and that piece of us that really can understand and, 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 and meld with nature and understand nature. I'm Ted Carter, and if you'd like to contact me, I can be reached at tedcarterdesign.com. We'll return to our program after acknowledging the following generous sponsors. Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists in Falmouth, Maine. At Orthopedic Specialists, ultrasound technology is taken to the highest degree. With state-of-the-art ultrasound equipment, small areas of tendinitis, muscle and ligament tears, instability and arthritic conditions can be easily found during examination. For more information, visit orthocareme.com or call 207-781-9077. At the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, we believe we are helping to build a better world with the help of many. We like to bring to you people who are examples of those building a better world in the areas of wellness, health, and fitness. To talk to you today about one of these, fitness, is Jim Greterix, the president of Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical. Here's Jim. I want to invite you into Black Bear Medical to see the latest new pain relief product out there called the Laser Touch One. This is a two-minute device which works on muscle, tissue, and nerve pain with tremendous results. After two minutes, 93% of the people receive decreased pain and in some instances no pain. 
Come on in and see for yourself. I'm Jim Greatorex, president of Black Bear Medical. Come on in and see our trained staff down at 275 Marginal Way and at www.blackbearmedical.com. I really love the fact that here in Maine, we have high quality, high caliber people um, trying to make sure that we keep our athletes in shape and also keep the people of Maine in shape so that we're able to go out and enjoy healthy, active lives. And two such individuals who are participating in this are Jared Buzzell, who is the physical therapy manager at the OA Performance Center, and Stan Schofield, who is the manager of the Parisi Speed School, also in the OA Performance Center. And I know you're going to tell me a little bit about what the OA Performance Center and the OA Sports Center um, really are all about. So thanks for coming in and talking to me today. And let's start with you, Stan. Tell me what it is that you do and, and what is the OA Performance Center? So the OA Performance Center was actually created as a way for OA Centers for Orthopedics to really round out their the sports medicine continuum. Um, OA Centers for Orthopedics, as you may or may not know, we are a one-stop shop when it comes to orthopedics and sports medicine. We have the ability to, you know, if you need orthopedic care, we have physicians for that. If you need surgery, we have that. We have casting, bracing, MRI. We have sports physical therapy. But one of the things that we are lacking was a way to prevent those injuries from happening, as well as a way to really help athletes reach the next level. So a few years back, we decided, hey, let's open up this sports center to really address some of the injury prevention needs, some of the youth obesity problem going on, and a way to really bring athletes to a higher level. So I actually run the performance part of that center. Jared, what do you do over at the OA Sports Center? Uh, I am the manager of the physical therapy center within the, within the sports complex. Um, we see a, a wide gamut of patients um, from, you know, uh, the very young, um, five, six, seven-year-old athletes just getting into sports um, all the way through uh, adults. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just um, your typical what you think of an athlete as, you know, we, we are seeing, yes, we're seeing uh, the high caliber college uh, professional athletes, but we're also seeing kind of the everyday walker that just, you know, wants to get out there, wants to pick their, uh, their grandchild up and, you know, may have a sore shoulder and can't do that. So uh, we want to run a, a broad gamut of, um, uh, we have a broad gamut of clientele that we see. Um, and so I, I manage the staff there. We have um, six therapists within that building. Um, and uh, I, also, I also have a, a pretty, um, stay pretty involved in treating as well within the building. You both come at um, athletic performance from a slightly different angle. Um, Stan, you have a background as an athletic trainer, and Jared, you have a background in physical therapy. Um, what are the differences between those two fields, and what are the similarities? The physical therapy and athletic trainers work um, very closely together um, in the profession. In the state of Maine, uh, physical therapists uh, typically, the ones that um, will, in, the, in a clinic type setting, do the evaluation um, and kind of set the set the treatment plan. Um, whereas uh, athletic trainers, um, you know, they 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 can be very well versed in evaluative techniques um, and carry out those treatment plans. And and a lot of times, the athletic trainers are more kind of the first responders with injury. They may be on the field um, dealing with that initial injury and whatnot. Yeah, the best way I describe it is usually athletic trainer like myself. I deal with everything from emergency on-field management of an injury to the prevention of injury to assessments where I'm going to help them 
weave them through kind of the medical system. Who do you need to see for a physician if you need to see one? Um, help coordinate the rehabilitation all the way to preventing the injury, maybe some nutrition, all the way up to performance aspect. You know, and the physical therapists, they're more specialized. Hey, when somebody needs some specialized rehabilitation, that's where they're the experts. So it's, I'm a little bit more of a broad spectrum, but these guys are really dived down into, hey, here's what they need to do to get back um, from their injury. Stan, you've worked not only with the University of Southern Maine, but also with the Boston Red Sox organization. And now you've come back to um, something which I think is more of the common person. What sort of prompted that decision to go back to really uh, be more, um, I don't know, in the weeds with this? Um, well, like you said, I've, I've worked at a number of different levels. I've worked um, from the professional athlete all the way to collegiate, all the way to the high school setting. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've realized over the years being athletic trainers, you know, obviously getting into it, I really enjoy helping people. You know, and while the professional athlete, you know, that everybody sees that, hey, that's the really sexy thing to do, the most rewarding thing is actually just working with your everyday common athlete. Some conversations I've had with different parents, I think one of the biggest gifts that you can give somebody is to help their child you know, either overcome an injury or actually take them from somebody who's not really that great of an athlete to all of a sudden that kid's going from riding the bench to now they're making varsity, you know, and just the feeling and the reward you get from seeing them accomplish that, that's what makes me happy. And that's why I, th I think I've really kind of gone into, you know, the field and, and in this, perform this performance center. And what would you offer to parents as far as perspective um, when it comes to this, let's start the kids early, let's get them in on their, you know, this Malcolm Gladwell's idea of having to have 10,000 hours to be amazing by the time you're 20. What, what, what can you offer as perspective? I would say, you know, when it, you know, that book, that, that book is kind of double-edged sword, you know, I'd like to say, because while that book says one thing, a lot of the evidence, if you really read into the research, actually contradicts that. You know, and one of the things that I say to parents, like, you know, for every Tiger Woods you see out there, there's a hundred kids that didn't make that, that are really upset with their parents, that they actually pushed them and drove them and made them do all those golf lessons or, you know, really pushed them to stay with one sport, you know, and they're totally burned out by their, by the time they're 16, 17 years old and they want nothing to do with it. So be very careful with that. Make sure you allow these kids, expose them to different sports. We know from just from the research that some of the best athletes, and if you remember when you were growing up, some of the best athletes in your school, they weren't just great at one sport. They were great at two or three sports. Let's not forget, hey, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a great football player, but he was at Michigan State for a uh, baseball scholarship too. You know, Michael Jordan, not just a great basketball player, good golfer and played a little baseball. So remember, when it comes to being a great athlete, just don't specialize in a singular sport too early because you'll burn those kids out. It's interesting to me that we have the OA um, Performance Center and the Sports Center here in Saco, Maine. I mean, we're really interested in helping people perform at the highest level possible, and whether that's as an athlete or whether just as an individual. Why is this so important to have this here in Maine? Um, I think I think location, kind of where where we um, when we looked around and kind of saw where there was a need for this, um, location really worked. And um, in regards to always um, always mission, you know, our home office here is here in Portland on Sewell Street, um, where we have you know we have physical therapy, we have physician services, we have sur uh, surgery center, MRI, X-ray, all that. And then we've tried to really reach out. So Saco was our uh, our first. Um, satellite clinic basically and, and as Stan mentioned earlier this is where we really want to encompass that performance aspect we're, that we're missing and having it there lets us reach out to athletes 
um, kind of in the southern Maine area, still get the athletes from the greater Portland area. Um, we have athletes that come up from New Hampshire to train at the, at the center. Um, we've seen, um, we've even seen some folks um, travel from New Hampshire, Massachusetts to have physical therapy with us. So uh, it lets us reach out to, um, to kind of to kind of those athletes um, or the, uh, that population. Uh, we've also um, since um, opened sites in Wyndham and in Brunswick. Uh, we don't have that performance model at those sites, but same thing. We, our, our goal was to kind of reach to the south, reach to the west, reach to the north, so, um, so that um, you know it would make it easier access for um, folks that get injured and, and need help. Well, I appreciate all that you're doing as the the mother of three children who do three seasons worth of sports and um, one who's in college now and has made it through in a healthy way and also as a runner myself, I know how important it is that um, this prevention aspect and the high performance aspect is being brought to the state of Maine. So we've been speaking with Jared Buzzle, who is the physical therapy manager at the OA Performance Center, and Stan Schofield, who is the manager of the Parisi Speed School at the OA Performance Center. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing and for coming in and talking to us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You have been listening to the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast, show number 92, Sports Medicine, airing on Father's Day. Our guests have included Dr. John Herzog, Jim Graderix and Mike Chapman, Jared Buzzle, and Stan Schofield. For more information on our guests, visit doctorlisa.org. For more information on the events I mentioned earlier, the 2013 Taste of the Nation, or the Maine Home and Design Show, visit themainemag.com. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Dr. Lisa Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter and Pinterest and read my take on health and well-being on the Bountiful blog. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring the Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and podcast to you each week. This is Dr. Lisa Belial, hoping that you have enjoyed our show on sports medicine. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day, and happy Father's Day to my father and all fathers and father figures out there. May you have a bountiful life. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Premier Sports Health, a division of Black Bear Medical, Dr. John Herzog of Orthopedic Specialists, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Ted Carter Inspired Landscapes, and Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. The Dr. Lisa Radio Hour and Podcast is recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street in Portland, Maine. Our executive producers are Kevin Thomas and Dr. Lisa Belial. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Our assistant producer is Leanne Wiemet. Become a subscriber of Dr. Lisa Belial on iTunes. See the Dr. Lisa website or Facebook page for details. Summaries of all our past shows can be found at doctorlisa.org.